yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 78 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. You can reach me at the real 27 guy on Instagram. I hope you will reach me there. It's been so good to hear from so many of you recently. Um, this last couple months has been a whirlwind, guys. I want to thank everybody for all your support. It's really been a, a crazy time for me. I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, first off, this episode today is brought to you by Alt. Alt-Doc XYZ has 400 items ending tonight as part of their liquid auctions. I bought a Blake Griffin NT RPA from Alt a few months ago. It is a sweet card. Showed up on the iconic 100 in the, in, sorry, the uh, 27 guy top 100 in the, um, in the uh, just barely didn't make the list uh, post. Um, great card, great experience with Alt. I left it in my vault for a bit and I finally had it shipped to me after a couple of months. Super easy platform. It connects directly to your bank. Um, every, they make everything super slick and super easy. All has low fees, great tech and information, and incredible customer service. What are you waiting for? Register on the Alt platform today, again, at alt.xyz. And like I said, they have 400 items ending tonight. So hopefully you're quick to the podcast. I'm recording this on July 20th. It will post on July 20th, and those 400 items will end tonight. The Luca 2020-2012 flashback. Black is one that I did um, an Instagram reel on. Uh, that is, is definitely, definitely like gotten some people's attention. That t- the 2012 connection with that is just super interesting because 2012 did not have blacks, right? 2012 Prism, for all that it is loved for, did not have a one of one. And some people really love that. Some people wish that it, wish that it did have a one of one. Um, I could talk about that for a long time, but that is not why we're here. Um, we have so many things to talk about, but I need to keep this, keep this episode really short today. Uh, let's jump right into it. I guess actually first first off, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. Obviously, the Nationals coming up is next week. I am not sure whether I'll be doing an episode next week or not. I'd like to think that I can do one from the National, but I, you know, that's not going to happen. I'm not even going to take my computer with me. So um, let's plan on not doing one next week unless I'm able to get one in early. Again, I think that's unlikely. I still need to figure out what to take to the National. I have no cash. I'm low on cash. So I might have to bring some cards to create some cash, but I don't have a lot of cards that I want to sell either. So it's going to be um, tricky. Um, if you haven't checked out my reels that I've been doing for PWCC, for alt, for MC sports cards, and I did one for PC uh, sports cards, um, please go check them out on Instagram. Uh, the, the reception I think on those has have been really awesome. And um, I hope that there will be many, many more to come. Um, if you are liking them, if you are watching them, if you are really enjoying them, I would strongly sort of request and love if you would, if you would share them, if you would let your friends know about them, um, the idea behind them, you'll notice when you watch them, they're certainly different than I think what what a lot of other people are doing. They're just highly educational. The idea is if we can create entertaining educational content in the hobby that, um, you know, that people in and out of the hobby can see and find interest in, then we can hopefully grow the hobby. And, um, and I want to thank those, those um, entities and institutions that have been willing to sponsor those. They take a ton of time. They take a ton of time. But the way that you can make a real difference to me is obviously by watching them, by commenting on them, by sharing them, by anything that you can do. 
Um, I've had a number of people reach out and, and, and sort of thank me. I've had a number of people reach out and ask me if I would do a piece on their cards. As much as I would like to, they take a lot of time. Um, although, <laughs> if you're willing to sponsor it, I am definitely willing to do it. So feel free to reach out if you ever have any questions on anything like that. Or even if you're not able to sponsor them, I, there's times where I'd still like to be able to do them. So if you have any great ideas, feel free again to DM me at the real 27 guy on Instagram. Um, same goes for the pod and the magazine, by the way. Really, guys, liking, sharing, commenting, subscribing, they make a huge difference. Thank you for everybody who has done that. Seriously, thank you. Okay, today's episode. Today's episode is about the three, strike that, the four biggest cards that I've ever bid on. And, um, and uh, well, the three that I've ever bid on and the one that I was going to bid on but got talked out of. Um, I want to tell you the story of these things because I think there's a lot of things to learn here, excuse me. I mean, there's a lot of things to learn, but also I think that, um, it's fun to sort of like, <laughs> just sort of create a, like a, a record of the things that I have felt that I really wanted enough that I was willing to spend a large portion of my collection on. And when I say spend a large part of my collection, I'm saying that deliberately. Each one of these items would have required me to sell cards that I have no intention on selling when they popped up, I looked at them and thought, oh man, I need to try to get that. So let me tell you, let me tell you why I'm thinking of this. First, a few weeks ago, a huge card popped up. One of the premier Kobe Bryant cards, one of the few cards that I sort of look at is like being the real top of the mountain. Um, I guess it's fun to talk about the top of the mountain real quick. The top of the mountain to me on big time Kobe Bryant cards are as follows. His early autographed patch cards that are serial numbered out of eight. Right, so that's um, you know, that goes back to 2000. I have one of them. Uh, it's the worst one probably in existence. It's, it's out of upper deck. It's a very plain patch, but it's serial number out of eight. It's from the first year of autograph patches. It's not from a set that people really love, um, but it's like from the first year of Kobe Bryant autograph patches. And there's only three sets, and there's only eight of each. So I'm just really fortunate to have have one of those 24 total cards. Um, I would love the Ultimate Collection from that same year. That, to me, is my dream card. I've been close to three of those. I've never been able to get one. Each time I've had a chance at it, something weird has happened. It's like the card that's just totally eluded me. Um, the other series of Upper Deck that year. But then you get a few, year, a few years later, and you get into the exquisite number pieces. And the first two years of number pieces are both numbered out of eight. They are both iconic, iconic cards. Like, the best of, of, of Kobe Bryant autograph cards in existence. I also would put the Chrome Superfractors in the same sort of level. Um, certainly, like this, the ultra high grade Topps Chrome and uh, Topps Chrome Refractors and the ultra high grade um, Essential Credentials. Those appeal to me less because I'm not a collector of things that are rare, mostly because of grade. Um, I own both of those cards in low grade, and I'm very grateful to own them. But they're not like they're not the best cards in the world. The PMG Green is clearly at the top as well. It's probably the most expensive. Um, I love the image of Kobe on the PM on the '97 Metal Universe. Um, I think the red is the better looking card. I've always felt that way. But the green, being as rare as it is, is the ultimate ultimate card. Um, but it's not one that appeals to me as much as other cards do. Um, my biggest card of Kobe, I think, is another one that should be added to this list, and that's the 2012 Gold. Um, I've talked about it a number of times, many times probably. You guys are tired of it but the 2012 gold number one of 10. It's the very first one that was ever made. 
and uh, that's certainly a ghost of a card that I think belongs on this list. I don't know that there's anything else from the Panini era that should be, but that one should. Um, and then if you go back, there's probably a few other ones that we could sort of talk about toward the end of the Upper Deck days, but those are the cards that I think about being the top of the mountain. This, this exquisite 2004 number pieces that showed up at auction, numbered out of eight, is one of those. Showed up, obviously, at like the worst time ever. I'm out of cash. I don't have cards that I want to sell. It's an incredible amount of money. I hoped it would go low. Guys, I bid, <laughs> debated whether I should say this on the show, but I'm going to say it. I bid $96,000 on this card. I think it's $96,200 on this card. And so just to be clear, I have, I, like, to, to be able to buy a card like that would, would require an incredible amount of jostling around in my collection. And so um, I would have paid for this card by selling other cards. I would have had to. Um, when I placed my final bid, I got outbid, and I actually DM'd um, a guy I know in the hobby. And I said, are you bidding on this? And he responded back, yes. And he told me why he needed it. And as always, I'm a total sucker when it comes to somebody else who I feel like needs the card more than me. I do feel like he needed the card more than me. I do think I was pretty much out of bidding anyways, to be totally honest. Um, I just was already such, such an incredibly high price. But I lost the card. I was so sad. And then I've moved on. And now I'm making a podcast a month later. <laughs> so I will talk to you about card number two in just a moment. Most of you know about PWCC. What you might not know is how much of the market share of auctions PWCC has taken from eBay. Every week, over 10,000 auctions, including thousands of basketball cards, end on the PWCC marketplace. If you haven't joined, it's super easy. It takes only a few minutes to register and begin bidding on everything from $5 cards to million-dollar cards. I recently picked up a 2007 Top Scrum Superfractor of Kevin Garnett on the PWCC weekly auction. What are you waiting for? Register today at pwccmarketplace.com and start bidding. We're going to put card number two and card number three in the same segment here. Um, a couple of years ago, on eBay, a totally random auction popped up. Um, I believe it was out of Australia. It was the Wilt Chamberlain Retro Level 2, numbered out of 13. Uh, I can't remember if it was BGS 9.5 or 10, um, but that's the Wilt Chamberlain card. Again, total ghost of a card. Any Wilt Chamberlain autograph is autumn, but the is awesome, but the retro out of 13 is the best one in existence. It's a card that we used on the cover of the magazine earlier. Um, that was Tristan's cover. Um, and yeah, it's just a card that I've always wanted and is totally just a ghost. Um, I placed a bid, but the thing that's interesting, <laughs> it's different about eBay than um, you know the other than the auction houses, is because you, you lack extended bidding. You have no idea whether you actually have a chance at a card like that or not. You just know that you place your your snipe bid and you hope that you win, but you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in that moment. And so I placed my snipe bid. My snipe didn't even end up registering because there were such crazy bids toward the end. If I remember right. I was at just under a hundred grand on that too. In, in in those days, I'm not sure if it's the same, but now, but in those days, to go over a hundred grand, you had to like register with eBay, in some way on a specific item, and so I didn't even do that. I didn't even consider it. Um, but 
I mean, I did consider it, but I didn't, I didn't go over, go over that. And then it ended up jumping a ton at the very end. It jumped to like 150,000 or 140,000 or something, um, which was more than I would have been willing to pay. But, but right before that, it was sitting at like 30 or $40,000. And so I thought I had a real chance. And then, you know, it just jumped in the last few minutes, unbelievably. And especially in the last few seconds when people had their snipe bids hit. It was crazy. So so I lost out on that one too. I lost out on all four of these. I guess I can stop saying that. Um, the, the story that I hinted at the beginning of the card that I was going to bid on, but I had somebody talk me out of it, was a, it was a famous auction that I think a lot of people probably remember. It's one that was discussed on the Blowout forums. Um, it's one that I talked to Nat about in, I think it was in issue two of Basketball Card Fanatic magazine. Um, the card was the LeBron credentials. The LeBron 2003 credentials future. The one-of-one LeBron that disappeared, was never seen, showed up, like never seen publicly, showed up, showed up on the Beckett pop report um, so people knew that it existed and then no one ever saw it. Nobody ever saw an image of it and then one day out of the clear blue sky it showed up on eBay shocking right even more shocking than that than that wilt that i just talked about so i saw and i was like oh my goodness i want this card this is this is the this is like the card and i started thinking about how much of my collection i would have had to sell and at that point um the prices really hadn't totally skyrocketed yet it would have taken a good portion of my collection to be able to pay for that card um and I think this was, gosh, I think it was like 2019. There's a chance it was even 2018 or maybe early in 2020. It's been a while. But I talked to somebody else about it. And this guy who I talked to about it was like, Adam, you don't want to just have one card, one big card in your collection. You don't want to have to sell so many big things. Like, I know it's a big card, but he's wearing a practice uniform and he like just went on and on about all the things about the, this card that he didn't like. And I was like, man, I just love this card though. But he really liked the way he talked about it. It really threw me off. And I was like, Oh man, dang it. I, I maybe I shouldn't bid on this. And so I felt like I, so I, so I kind of allowed him to influence me, which is a great example of what not to do. Like don't let people influence you. If you feel really strongly about something, and sometimes you got to listen to a friend too. So it's hard. It's, it's like a catch 22. You want to be able to listen to people, but like you have to, you have to be really like honestly listening to that sort of collector in yourself too. Um, I don't know. That's tricky. I, we could do a whole episode on how you figure out who you should listen to and who you shouldn't. Um, but in this case, I definitely shouldn't have listened to this guy. Um, I should have gone all in on this card what ended up happening is eBay had some issues with some of the people they had approved for the, for, for the auction, and Nat went to bid on it, and he was unable to. eBay did not allow him to bid on the card. He lost out. Uh, he was heartbroken by that. Um, I think he called it, like, the biggest loss that he'd had in his, in his collecting career or something like that. I'd go, go back and look at issue two of BCF, because um, I'm sure we talked about it in there. Um, but I look back and it's one of my biggest regrets too because it was a chance to own like really something that's at the top of the top i think you can make the case that's like one of the best lebron cards in existence seriously and it sold before everything completely and totally exploded um i've never owned a big time lebron rookie card i've always felt like they were too highly priced 
But that one, because of how eBay had that issue, maybe the same thing would have happened to me if I would have registered for it. But I think it sold for like 150 grand or 140 grand or something, maybe even 115. I don't know. It might have been like 170 or 180, but whatever it sold for, um, like I could have figured out a way to get into that and I should have prioritized it. So that's the one that I didn't bid on that I was that close to bidding on and, and got talked out of. Okay, last one coming up next. I suspect most of you have been on MC Sports Cards items on eBay. At nearly 60,000 positive feedback, they're one of the biggest consignment companies on eBay. What you might not know is that they've started a focus auction for 1K and over items that end Monday nights, and they call it MC Mondays. Dozens of huge cards end on Monday, all at open auction. You could check out the items by searching by seller and going to MC underscore sports cards today. I talked in the first segment about the biggest Kobe Bryant cards ever made. The real peak of the mountaintop, I called it. The 2003 exquisite number pieces out of eight, to me, is the card out of, out of all of those cards that I've always wanted even more so than the one that I just missed out on a few weeks ago that was from a year later. Um, it's because it's from the first year of Exquisite, the iconic number pieces set. Look, it's a card that's actually serial numbered to less than the 2012 Prism Gold and the 1997 PMG Green. Um, it's the rarest of this sort of group other than the one of one sort of super fractor cards um, that are at the top of the mountain. And it's autographed. And as somebody who considers myself a, a Kobe autograph guy more than almost anything else, to me, that's the card. So that card showed up at auction a couple of years ago now. And I knew two other guys that were after it. And um, I, I had a sense that it was going to sell for a ton, like a ton of money. And then it... And then it sat, and, and I mean, it did sell for a ton of money. I, just, I, I believed it would be like two hundred to $300,000. And if memory serves, it ended up selling for like one hundred and fifty. And I was, again, the bridesmaid on that, I believe. I was either the second or the third um, person in, in line on that one. And um, that one I have huge regrets for because that's, that it, if I had if if I, if I had to pick one Kobe card that I really like, just wish I, like I feel like fits my collection, that's the one. It wasn't in super mint condition. I think it was. I can't remember if it's graded a seven or an eight, but it's not perfect. The autographs maybe a little bit darker on it than you'd like it to be. It's exactly what I would want in my collection because I don't need the perfect card. I just want the I want that card that's at the top of the mountain, the, the best, the best, the best. Um, not just because it's the best of the best, by the way, but because of all that it represents, right? It's the rarest thing, that is the, the rarest autograph patch um, of, of the, you know, that, of like a significant insert um, from the first exquisite product. And it looks the way that it does with all that holofoil, serial number to eight. It's everything that you'd want in a card. So I missed out on that. Um, and definitely just like is one that I've always looked back at and thought, oh, I wish I would have tried harder at it because you just don't get a chance at some of these things once you miss out, once you miss out on them once. Um, and all of these experiences 
obviously I missed out on the card. I've never, just to be clear, like I am not somebody who bids in this world. I maybe maybe it's even seemed like it during this this um, call today, but these are the only four times that I've ever either bid or considered bidding on anything in that range. And in all four instances, it would have taken a monumental effort in my collection to be able to move to get that card. But that's how I would have gone to get them is by spending cards on on getting those other cards. Um, I've probably only spent into the five figures a few few times, like maybe definitely less than a dozen times, probably eight to eight to ten times I've I've spent in the five figures. So thinking about spending in the six figures is definitely something that is um, kind of crazy. And as I always say in these moments, like I'd advocate for people being very responsible. You can't put yourself in a situation where you can lose so much by bidding on sports cards. Um, and by buying sports cards, you have to feel really comfortable. So if you need to raise cash, you better be darn sure you can raise that cash. And you better be darn sure that you're able to take care of your real priorities in your life. Cards are not a real priority. They're, they're our fun hobby. We love them. We think about them a ton. But they are not our lives, right? There's things that are far more important. The two biggest cards that I have purchased are, um, and they're the only cards I think that I've spent over 20 grand on. That's the Harry Potter triple um, with the main actors, the three main actors. Um, I looked for that card for forever, and when I finally got it, I had to pay a ton for it. But I was so glad to get it. And then the 2000 Ultimate Patch Auto of Michael Jordan, numbered out of 23. I think those are the only times I've ever spent that much. In retrospect, looking back at these four, I really wish I would have bid more on the 03 Kobe. That's one that I feel strongly about. And I really wish that I wouldn't have let um, that individual talk me out of the LeBron 2003 credentials. Um, I feel like that's the one that really got away. And um, I, I knew about it, I was excited about it, and then I just let somebody sort of talk me out of it. And so that, that's a huge regret. Um, short episode this week, guys, uh, but I was, I'm glad that we were able to get it out. I will see all of you who are at the National next week at the National. Again, probably skipping an episode next week um, and unless there's some way to get it in. But I'm really excited to see those of you who are there. Again, if you see me at the National, please come say hi. Um, I'd love to meet you. I don't really go so much for the cards. I go more to see to see people. Uh, this will be my just my third national, and like I said last week, I've only ever actually acquired a single card at the national. It's more about meeting people and having those experiences. So please come see me, and uh, yeah, and uh, I can't can't wait till then. All right, until next time, happy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Basketball Card Podcast. Reminder to subscribe to Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine at bcfmag.com. Remember to use discount code BASKETBALL10 for 10% off any item in the store. That's bcfmag.com.